not going to come from me. Um, I've seen the notes, though, on this message, and it's going to be great. I'm not allowed to say it's going to be the best ever or anything like that, but it's going to be really good. It's really, I mean, it's the word of God. It's anointed. And by someone you don't get to hear from very often, so I want to give you, you to give a very, very, very warm welcome to one of our elders, Kevin Roper. Alrighty. Good morning. So on a morning like this, I always like to say to myself, our God reigns. I mean, because because going back in my early walk, one of my favorite hymns was Our God Reigns. And so I always get to jump from Our God Reigns to Our God Reigns to, oh man, Our God Reigns. So great. All right. So Our God Reigns. All right. <clears throat> So I have really been blessed these last few weeks um, because of a couple reasons. One, the Lord and one of our more recent potlucks uh, kind of launched this sermon by having me give a testimony. Uh, I got prodded by, a, uh, by Kirby to tell uh, Ty a testimony that happened in my life. And that testimony, um, hold on a second. Got to start the timer here so that, you know, okay. Um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the testimony. And so when I got done, it, it reminded me that that was, you know, he, he said powerful. And I said, yeah, that is a powerful testimony. And, and we mentioned it to Jesse, and Jesse said, hey, that, that could be a sermon, okay? Not just, just give it, but a sermon. And uh, for those that know me, know that, I'm not a person that likes to get up here and talk in front of people, okay? I'm the shy one. Cindy is the one that likes to talk, okay? <laughs> Maybe, right? Okay. So of the elders, I'm the shy one, okay? Put it that way. And, and the, 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 the nudging that it takes to get out of the boat, and that'll mean something later on in the sermon, to get out of the boat is, 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 uh, is, is a lot. Well... As I was putting this together, okay, all of a sudden, Marvin Jr. gives his on the Holy Spirit, and that fed right in to what, you know, I'm talking about, that we need the Holy Spirit in us, that, that, that the power of God in us is, is important. And then the following week, we had Andy Bailey talk to us. And, when, and in, 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 in a lot he said, you know, one of the things he said was, we need to hear and remember what God has already told us. And, and what he's already told us in the words, in their journals, and also in our testimonies. What he's done to us, done for us in life. I'm going, whoa, hey, wait a minute here. You know, it's, 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 it's really neat. And then the last two weeks... Jesse's been talking to us about the call, following Jesus, and, and all that. And wait a minute, that's exactly what I was building up. And so basically, these three guys built my intro, okay? I'm sitting there going, God has, 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 has really blessed me and, and reassured me that, 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 that I'm on the right track, that I'm hearing him. And that this is the sermon that he wanted for today. You know, the, the core of the challenge, the core of what we're talking about, I'm going to talk about today, is getting out of the boat, okay? And, and, and all that means, okay? Uh, the title of today's is Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus, because that's going to be the key, right? Um, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> Let me look at my notes here, where I'm at. Um, but yeah, we need to, you know, the call of following Jesus, the call of hearing what he's talked to us about so we know exactly um, uh, uh, what he said to build us up, to give us the, 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 um, the draw to follow, to, the, the energy, the courage to follow, uh, to obey. And the Holy Spirit in us is the powering partner in this, right? Right? So why is that so important? Well, it's because 
of the fallen world that we're in. Getting out of the boat sounds easy. Okay, getting out of the boat. Oh, hey, okay, yeah, I've heard that before and all that. But the reality is we live in a fallen world. Okay, we've grown up in a fallen world. We've been nurtured and natured in a fallen world. And, okay, um, when I first wrote this sermon, okay, it was 84 minutes long. Okay, whoa, you know, we're not ready for that. So I had to cut a bunch out. And one of the things I had to cut out is a, a, a long explanation of what I'm going to tell you in just a couple minutes. And that is, so if you want to see me fellowship time, I'll tell you all the details about it, okay? But the deal is, we do act according to how we're wired. And we have been wired over time, okay, to, to be able to make estimations and probabilities in our judgment, okay, to make decisions, okay? And a lot of those decisions kind of react in a negative way, okay, in a pessimistic way, and uh, kind of end up framing a negative message. When I talk about positive framing and negative framing, it's kind of like this. If there's a, if there's a, a, a way to look at a certain situation, a positive way of looking at it, let's say there's a medical procedure and it is successful 70% of the time. If I tell you, hey, this medical procedure is successful 70% of the time, that's a positive framed message. If I take that same message and I say, this medical procedure fails 30% of the time, it's the same truth, right? It's exactly the same. Math is, math is right, okay? But that's a negative frame of that message, okay? Fails as opposed to succeeds. The reality that we live in and how we're wired is this. If I take a blank slate and I deliver a positive frame message, you survey somebody, a bunch of people, they'll have a an optimistic view of the, that question, that, 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 that deal, okay? If you give them a negative framed message, they'll have a negative view of that or pessimistic view of that issue. Now here's the kicker. Okay, that was a blank slate. If it's not a blank slate, you go in there. If you take people who have an optimistic view of something and you give them a negative framed message, they will collapse the optimism into pessimism. It works. Study after study, it works. If you take a negative pessimistic uh, per group, okay, and you take in the positive framed message, take in that positive framed message, won't make a dent, won't make a dent. The, the pessimism, the negative will hold. Basically, it takes two to three to four times harder work in positive framing to lift than it does to collapse with negative framing. That's our world, that's the world we live in, okay? So that in mind, okay, basically 2,000 years ago, starting with the Sermon on the Mount, Okay? We've been invited and asked to live in a faith-based mindset, right? To lift people up, okay? Or a faith-based framing, okay? <clears throat> Another way of looking at it is we've been asked to get out of the boat, okay? To walk on water. There's a tug of war going on. And you're going to see that when we go through this um, testimony of Jesus and Peter walking on water, you're going to see that tug of war going on that we go on through in this. So let's go right to that. Let's go to Matthew 14, 23. Matthew 14, 23. Okay? <clears throat> Matthew 14, 22. Okay, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. By the way, that's the same multitude he just fed. Five, you know, he fed the 5,000. That's them, okay? He had just done that. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came... He was alone there, okay? Verse 24. 
but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the winds were contrary. Um, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. The fourth watch is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., somewhere in there. Middle of the sea, just a point of reference, Sea of Galilee is about 84, average 84 feet deep. At its deepest, it's about 141, okay? The ceiling here is what, about 20, 22 feet high, okay? Just so that, you know, if this is the seabed and that's the bottom, the light to the bottom of the boat. I mean, just to give you an idea of, you know, that could be two times higher, three times higher, four times higher. It depends on exactly where they were in this average, okay? Uh, just to frame of mind where we're at. Um, <clears throat> so, here's the deal. Jesus is going to be walking toward these guys. Their experience, their Torah, ethical, not biblical ethical uh, knowledge, but all the knowledge they've had before in studying, hearing the, the Torah, how has God worked and reacted with man when it came to dealing with water and walking across the water, right? In the sea or at the river, it was a matter of, matter of parting it and walking on the seabed or walking on the riverbed, right? That's how these guys have always seen God work with people and water in the past. That would have been down here on the seabed, not up there where Jesus was walking. That's what they were seeing for the first time. You know, as we would say, that's unbiblical, okay? That's, that was freaking them out. It was freaking them out. Here we go, reading on. <clears throat> and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. And when Peter had come down to the boat, he walked to, he walked <coughs> to go to Jesus. Imagine Peter in this moment, okay? So first off, he had a, an interesting inspiration. We now say that's very inspired, okay, to, 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 to call out to Jesus and say, if it is you, if it's really you, Lord, and not a deceiver, not a ghost, invite me to walk on the water, okay? Save that for a table discussion at the next potluck, okay, at about what kind of, you know, uh, who inspired that question? That was a great question. Um, but Jesus, being Jesus, did invite him to walk on the water. So now here we go. Here is Peter at this time sitting there at the edge of the boat. Ready? Okay. He's up there at the edge of the boat. And he's ready to make the move. Okay. All of his experiential knowledge, all of it, in the past, would sit there and say, if I leave the solid side of the boat that I'm sitting on and transfer my weight out, okay, I'm going to go down to, forget buoyancy, I am going to go down 20 feet, 40 feet, 60 feet to the seabed. That's my experiential knowledge. But what also was going on is he had before him, a testimony. Jesus is walking on the water. He also had the testimony of Jesus calling him. And who is Jesus? He had just seen Jesus feed 5,000 people. He himself had taken a basket with meager pieces of bread and meager pieces of fish and started walking around to his share of 5,000 men and how many women and children up to 20,000, okay, and started handing out pieces, and his basket never got empty. He experienced that testimony. That was a testimony that he lived, a living testimony, right? 
And so he had that testimony, and then when he got done, you know, his basket of leftovers was overflowing. He had also seen Jesus heal. He had seen Jesus heal, raise the dead, the, the girl, okay? So he had all these testimonial knowledge sitting on the boat. Here he goes. So one of the things I forgot to mention early on when I was talking about framing was one of the things that we have in our mind that causes us, helps us in our estimating of what we should do, you know, what's the ch you know, how we make decisions when we don't have all the facts, is this thing, it's, it's recency, it's a recency stack, okay? And how that works is, um, and there's a lot of different tests they did and studies and all that, but a real good example is you're driving down the highway and you're just whipping along, um, obeying the, ag 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 to the speed limit, plus two, okay? And all of a sudden, on the other side of the highway, you see the results of an accident, okay? Then what happens? Without thinking about it, all of a sudden, your mind does the calculations again, and da-da-da-da-da-da. You start driving about a, a mile under the speed limit. Nothing has changed for you. What you've been driving all along has, is the same. The probability in, in all reality of having an accident is still the same, the true probability and all that. But what changed now is in your stack of potential having an accident has been moved up from way down here to up to recent. It is now mathematically engaged more in your subconscious calculations. Recency, that's what's called recency. Here we go with Peter at the edge of the boat. He's got Jesus walking in front of him. He's got the feeding the 5,000, and all that has moved all these other testimonies up into recency. He's got recency bias for testimonial knowledge, and you know, walking uh, is, is, is still there, but it's down there. Between the two, he's got a faith boost, right? So he's making that move. How many of us have been called by Jesus to do something and we're with him at the, at the edge of the boat? We've got to transfer our weight from what we know is safe to what we know is going to be, okay, a step of absolute faith, that point where he transfers. As soon as he transferred his weight, he's standing up. He's standing up. It says so. Oh, my God. He's got himself another testimony. Right? He's got himself a testimony. And so that testimony of him standing up and seeing Jesus, seeing Jesus and him standing up, is a testimony. He takes his first step. He's got to go from a foot that is standing on water, but it's stable and sturdy, He's got to step out into water again. Oh, okay. He's got to transfer his weight, and it worked this time. Oh, another testimony. Think of it this way. Every step he took, he was a living testimony to himself. You know, he's testimony to the guys in the boat, too, but he was a walking, walking, I don't know if he was talking, testimony as he took every step. Now, here's the deal. As we live in our world, the stack is real, and we have things coming in all the time. The world is designed to distract us, to disrupt us, to depress us, yeah. right? And that's what's happening to Peter, because how we, let's move on, okay? <clears throat> Make sure I covered everything there. Yep, I did. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, to, out saying, Lord, save me. The boisterous wind, was that a surprise? Did that just come up? The boisterous wind was there before Jesus got there. They've been fighting it for an hour or two, okay? When Jesus got there, they were being rocked around. And Jesus, Jesus, when Jesus invited him to walk on the water, the boisterous wind was there. When he was sitting on the edge of the boat, the boisterous wind was there. He had all this other testimony and knowledge that had moved up in recency, 
and that boisterous wind was shoved right down, okay? As soon as he took his eyes off Jesus and he saw the boisterous wind, which had always been there, awesome, boom, the boisterous wind raised up in recency. And his calculation of, re of what's going to happen changed and changed his frame. And he started to sink, started to sink. And boom, at least he crawled out, Lord save me, right? Right? Okay. So again, let me read what I wrote here. He still was walking on water, but his eyes shifted off Jesus, whose recency was dominating his pro probabilities. Hmm? So they started to sink. Reading on, verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. That's a great testimony, but we just saw how it works, okay? Three insights, there's, there's a bunch of insights, bunch of insights in there, but the three insights I want us to take away today and throw in into our stack, if you will, um, is, uh, is this. The first insight is keep your eyes on Jesus, okay? Keep your eyes on Jesus. All right. Um, <clears throat> that's, it's, that's key. Um, the storm's always going to be around us. That's just the way it is. The storm's always going to be there. So it's key to keep on looking at Jesus. Keep the focus there. Keep looking. Don't stop looking at Jesus. The principle is clear. We've got our own boisterous winds, our own hurricanes coming. And uh, yeah, that's just where we want our eyes. What can you accomplish with your eyes on Jesus? What can you accomplish with your eyes on Jesus? With his influence stacking your deck, framing your world, what can you do, right? Insight number two, obey the call, obey the nudge. When Jesus commands you, obey him. Jesus told Peter to come. Peter was able to walk on the water. This is what obedience looks like doing what Jesus is saying, taking the next step, taking the first step, then taking the next step, taking the steps in obedience. Faith is simply taking the next step, right? That's what faith is, taking the next step. <clears throat> Think of it this way. How many times in scripture do we have Jesus saying, your faith has done this? Your faith has healed you. Your faith has set you free. Faith comes before the supernatural. Faith, for Peter, came before he actually walked on the water, right? Faith leads us to obedience. The third insight, simple. Fear sinks, right? Fear sinks. <clears throat> when Peter had faith, he walked on the water. When he had fear, he sank in the water. There you go. That's simple. I don't need to preach any more on that, right? I'm going to show you some, some, some fear scriptures for you, okay? Can you bring them up? There you go. 2 Timothy 1.7, uh, Psalm 118.6, which also they quoted again in Hebrews, all right? So it's that important. Quoted twice. How about that? And Isaiah, fear not, for I am with you, right? But the one I really want to talk to you about, or read, spend a minute on, is John 14, 25 through 27. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, okay, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrances of things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So let it not be afraid, but the Holy Spirit 
brings up remembrances. The Holy Spirit is helping you stack, stack your stack, okay? All right? Stack your deck. All right. Speaking of stacking your deck, that's the next section I want to talk about. Okay, so those are the three insights. How do you um, go ahead running those declarations, okay? I'm gonna, I, it takes 20 minutes for me to talk about these, and I had to cut, so I'm going to let them run in the background while I talk about stacking the deck, okay? Um, I'd love to talk about them, but I can't. Um, these are declarations that are just 16 of 100 or more than I have that show up in my prayer list uh, in rotation randomly um, every day. They're, they take them on, on, on prayer bunny trails or they just help me remember, bring them up in my, my deal. Now the first one, obviously I'll talk about just a little bit. God is good all the time, all the time God is good, okay? That one, I mean, I use every time I bump into something that doesn't make sense to me. I get something, I get slapped or something like that. Something just doesn't work out right. I get, we get challenged with something that is tragic. And I have to remember, God is good. God does not deliver bad. God is not evil. God does not create evil. So if something is evil, something is bad, I can't blame God for it. So I don't understand it. And so I have to make sure I reset my starting point, my framing, to start from a point where God is good and move from there. Ah, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bunny trail. Okay, get back on track here. But those are how I use these little declarations, okay? And, uh, and all that, just so I'll let you know. So that's how I help my stack every day, is through these declarations. But how else do I do... Uh, stack the deck, if you will. Uh, add, uh, add cards to my recency deck. Uh, change my, you know, affect my framing. All right. Uh, much like you, I follow God's advice. Okay, and that is, I read the Word, I meditate on the Word. Okay, I spend time in the Word. That's key. Okay, but that's not this sermon. All right. Two, I pray, and I walk in the garden. He walks with me and he talks with me. I spend time with God. But that's not this sermon, okay? I listen to teachings like you're doing right now, okay? Um, or go to the archive like I did this week with the previous four this week. Listen to teachings. I read examples. Uh, I, I read um, uh, other people, uh, their, their teachings, their lives, okay, and stuff like that. Um, and get, uh, get uh, blessed and ideas to fill my stack with them, okay? I go to meetings, all right? Like this meeting, like the Wednesday meeting, like fellowship meetings, one-on-one -on -one meetings, okay? Just whatever, because we encourage each other. We lift each other up. We should be positively framing each other with with our own testimonies. You have testimonies, I have testimonies. We give each other testimonies, right? And like Andy Bailey said, remember what God has already spoken to you, all right? So along those lines, again, those are some of these quotes. Again, just 16 of them out of 100 or more. Whenever I bump into one, I add one. The most recent one I added was a quote Jesse gave just uh, six months ago or so. He had just started meeting with a African pastor, and that pastor said, you know, in America, you guys question, do something, but we always go to Jesus first. And I go, huh, go to Jesus first. Boom, went in my list. It pops up, I go, go to Jesus first. Remember, Kevin, go to Jesus first, okay? Those are the little things that you know, all you need, just a little thing to pop up there. And sometimes, go to Jesus first, takes me into a five-minute prayer for my, just causing me to remember, you know, causing me to ch chase something, all right? So anyways, those are those, those things. The other thing is testimonies, and so I'm going to give you three testimonies today. Three testimonies that happened in my life, okay? Remembering testimonies, and we should be talking about our testimonies more often. I'm going to give you three. Those are my testimonies. I know you guys got testimonies. And your testimonies can help me 
stack my deck. Hopefully my three testimonies will help you stack your deck. We have things going on all the time. That's what's really important. So the first one is one I just shared a couple months ago to some, to people who were here at the time. And it was my brother-in-law Jerry's foot. I call it foot on fire testimony. So for those who um, don't know, okay, many years ago, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, had a, a medical condition where basically the cells in his veins in his foot, you know, were basically hardening and just dying, and his blood flow to his foot just stopped, okay? And his foot was dying or dead. And it was an ashen gray, black colored foot, top, bottom, ankle. I mean, it was just dead. And they were a, a day away from going to the doctor to schedule the amputation, okay? When and how high up was what was gonna be discussed, all right? That was the deal. So they're at home in Potterville, sitting there. He's watching TV. She got home late, so she's in the kitchen fixing dinner. And, and they're there in Potterville. That same night, at that same time, because the next day my sister, who worked at Myers where I worked, okay, we compared notes. And we knew at the same time, okay, at... Running out of time here. At the same time, we, Cindy and I, Teresa and Leonard Baldori, and a few couple others, were in our home group in our living room here in Hazlitt. And we prayed for the prayer needs, and on that list was Jerry's foot. It was critical. And we prayed for God to touch it and heal it. As we were praying, we could tell by the time of our watch, where we were at the end of our meeting, and what was on TV when Jerry was watching, okay? At that same time, Jerry goes, my foot is hot, okay? There's like a poker poking my foot. And Dorothy comes in there, and they take this sock off, because they had a sock on to keep a dead foot warm, okay? No circulation. And they took the sock off, and on the toe, I forget what toe it is, on that toe, there was red, redness. That toe was alive. And as they watched the rest of that night, that red spot got bigger, the whole toe, into the next toe, into the next toe. By morning, the whole foot was alive. And when they went to the doctor's appointment and they took the sock off, they didn't warn the doctor. The doctor was expecting to see a dead, gray, black, dead foot. Uh, his eyes got big. What did you guys do? prayer he's going well whatever you're doing continue to do it he goes let me tell you because he's i mean he listened to it and he says oh the blood flow out it was just perfect blood flow he says he says basically there's nothing we could have done and there's nothing we could do to make this happen that was the doctor's proclamation declaration there's nothing they could have done to make this happen and dorothy says well it's just god it's just God. He's going, well, continue doing what you're doing. From that point on to the end of Jerry's life, Jerry passed away a few years ago, okay? He had never had another problem with that foot, okay? It was perfect. I am telling you, testimony, I saw a dead foot. I then saw a live foot. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay? There's that testimony. Bank it, okay? All right, another testimony. Help me, Jesus. I'm driving. I worked in Grand Rapids, lived here, you know. So I'm whipping to Grand Rapids on a November morning, about 5.30 in the morning, okay? And I'm hopping from one highway to the next, going from I-69 I to I-96, whipping around the corner. There's... Six deer crossing right in front of me as I'm coming around that curve, just right there. Six deer. I, I'm going to confess, I'm going about 75 miles an hour, okay? <clears throat> and I'm going, uh-oh, it's a misty morning. 
And I'm sitting there going, there's about a foot of space there between me and, and, the, and the, uh, the opening between the last deer and the, and the shoulder. And I did what I shouldn't do. So long story short, I lose control of the car, miss all the deer, but I lose control of the car, 360 degree spin, I'm off going off the left bank, you know, sideways. The car's facing that way, but the car's heading this way. And going down that bank, there's nothing but trees. I know there's nothing but trees. It's all dark. Headlights are over there. I know the trees are over here. Nothing but trees, and I'm still going way fast, okay? And I know that I'm going to be slamming into trees at a big, at big speed in my, my, my brand new Ion, okay? So it's a small car. And this is what I said. Stupid deer. Sorry, Lord. Then I said, stupid Kevin. Third person, but I did. And then I said, help me, Jesus. All right? I said it a little bit faster than that, okay? And then right after that, kabam! Right behind my ear, the car hit a tree. And it just, all the glass basically compressed and just shattered out of the car. And all that went flying by me this way, that way. And the car bent inward, dented inward. I mean, not dented, collapsed inward right behind my head and all that. In all reality, I should have slammed into that or at least my door or whatever, okay? I had a couple scrapes as glass flew by my scalp, just my scalp, not my face, not anywhere else. I had no bruises. I had no head slammed into anything, nothing. When I got out of the car, I had no injuries, zero injuries. When the daylight came and you look at the car and the car was totaled, okay? And it was big, big dent. You know, I mean, that frame went like this, okay? Inward, okay? I should have been gone. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I'm alive, okay? Uninjured. He was my airbag. Absolutely, positively, no doubt about it. That's my testimony. Praise the Lord. And then the third testimony. Third testimony, and some of you actually live this. Tom was an elder, and he actually came to the emergency room a couple of times in my parts and in my apartment a couple of times and prayed during this time. In 1980, right after Cindy and I got married, I ended up with gallstones, okay? Um, and I had many gallstone attacks. They weren't, they weren't nice. I'm not going there, but they were just, they were ugly. Okay, they were bad. And emergency room, a few times, all that. So basically, after taking three tests that they had, x-rays and, and uh, um, what do you call it, sonograms? No, um, uh, sound. It dies with, you know, yeah. Anyways, three tests, they found, you know, basically called it a diseased gallbladder has to come out. So we're talking with the, surgeon about when to schedule it and all that stuff. That October, around that same time, Don Basham, a minister from down south, comes to Lansing at Eastern High School with um, Mahesh Shabda, another minister who does healing ministries. And so we go there. I'm a brand new Christian, by the way, about a year, about a year. So I'm a rookie. I've heard people talk about being healed. Uh, and I trust these people, Tom and Cindy and a few others in the church. I mean, all everybody in the church I trusted, but, you know, I'd heard stories, but I had not, whatever. And so we're listening. What does Don teach on that Friday night? He teaches on Matthew 14, get out of the boat. The first time I ever heard about that. And me, being Mr. Shy and all that, who said, you know, who was had performance issues about even being baptized, okay? You know, it just scared my bejeebies to go as a 24-year-old to get baptized just because what if I do it wrong? Anyways, um, it was just strange, right? But anyways, um, it really spoke to me. Get out of the boat, okay? And so Saturday morning, for me, getting out of the boat was to go and stand in line and get prayer, Okay, so I do that, and the interesting thing is, they didn't ask you what you need to pray for. They didn't ask me. I don't remember them asking me. 
Yeah. And they start going down the line, okay? They start going down the line, and he's not touching anybody. He's not touching anybody, and there's nobody behind me touching me. And all of a sudden, I get slain in the spirit. I'd heard about it. I don't know what it was, but I heard what it, you know, I get slain in the spirit. Basically, I felt that there was somebody touched me to push me back. Nobody was there pushing me, but somebody was, okay? And I went back. They caught me, and I go down. My eyes are closed because it felt so good. I had a hand on my abdomen. Nobody in the room, well, nobody in the room born, you know, before the turn of the millennium, okay, uh, you know, whatever, was touching me, all right? And the, uh, the, basically, no human in the room was touching me, right? And, but there was a hand on my abdomen, and it felt peaceful. It felt warm. It felt great. It felt active. And I laid there, and I knew I could open my eyes anytime. I knew I could stand up anytime if I wanted to. Oh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. And I laid there, and I laid there. Learning. I don't know how long I laid there, okay? And finally, it felt right. I got up, and I walked out. They had kicked all the observers out. And I asked Cindy, how long? She said, well, I've been out in the hallway 20 to 30 minutes now. So I was on the floor at around 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, okay? That's how long I was on the floor. And I said, I know I've been healed. I know I've been healed, okay? Okay, so I said, we went back to the surgeon, and he wanted to take it out because it doesn't get healed. I said, but I believe I've been healed. Long story short, we argued, we argued, we argued. He finally agreed to let me have one test, okay, reluctantly. I'll give you one of those three tests, and then two of those tests, and then three of those tests. All three tests. Then finally I ended up in his office, leather chairs, dead, big desk, books on the wall. And he sits there and he's looking at me. He's got his nurse beside him. And he opens up a folder. And on that folder he goes, this is a diseased gallbladder. The tests show it's a diseased gallbladder. It has to come out. Okay. And he goes, opens up another folder. He goes, this is a perfectly healthy gallbladder. It would be a crime to take it out. Okay? He says, both these folders are yours. And he goes, this is the newest one. He goes, I can't explain it. I have never seen anything like this before. And I go, praise God. And he goes, it's not going to happen like that again. And I go, it happened this time. Okay, praise God. All right. Since the fall, the end, near the end of October 1980, until now, okay, I've not had another attack. No matter how many pizzas I've had or whatever, okay, you are looking at a walking, talking, come pinch me, feed me a pizza, okay, <laughs> healing, okay, don't feed me pizza, Cindy says I've had too many, okay, all right, but I am a healed, a healing, verified, file, file, doctor says I've never seen anything like this, I can't explain it, all right, it happened, we had a party scheduled that night at the church, a barn dance, the church danced to the news, okay? You talk about feeling like you're walking on water. I mean, it was, it was something. But you know what? That is a great... Let's give the Lord a hand on these, on these right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know what? Over time, though... I've been sick. Over time, I prayed to get healed, and, and it's taken a few days and whatever, and I've, I've been recovered. 
I've prayed for people and they haven't recovered. The waves and the wind have returned. And I have to remember this testimony. I have to remember walking on water because the wind and the rain and the waves are always there trying to disrupt our walk, my walk. You know what? All of us have this. And all of us let testimony slip by. You have a headache. You pray to God to remove the headache and you take two aspirin. And your headache goes away. Who gets the glory? The aspirin or God? Okay? Now, I have nothing against medicine. I have nothing. My daughter's a doctor. We had two doctors come through this building, right? Fantastic. God has created medical science. We've had healers come through our deal. We have many nurses who've graduated and gone on from here, okay? So I love medical science, okay? And I believe God heals through medical science. So I give God the glory for the doctors and for what they do and the nurses for what they do and the technicians for what they do. And so when I say a little trick question, you take two aspirin, you pray to God to heal your headache, and your headache gets healed, who gets the glory? God for being who he is and creating the aspirin. Because if we give God the glory for the pizza and the hamburger and the turkey at Thanksgiving, why don't we give him thanks for the aspirin? Okay? So there are many, many testimonies out there, little and big and all that, and we just let them slip by. And you know what? By the way, maybe that headache didn't take two hours with the aspirin to go away, but only one hour with God, right? Because of the prayer. There is no wasted prayer and all that. But I've just given you three testimonies, and I could give you four more, but time's up, okay? Time is up. And let me just recap, okay? Foot on fire testimony. Help me Jesus testimony. Two files, never seen anything like this testimony. And that's just me. What about you guys? What about you guys? We need to be sharing our testimonies more often and reminding each other of our testimonies and encouraging each other our testimonies. Why? Because we all are being invited to walk on the water. We all need our stacks, or, you know, our decks stacked positively. We need to be framing ourselves positively. Um, you know, every headache, every illness, every physical outcome, testimony, what are those? Every relational, financial, employment, educational issue, testimony, overcome testimony, what are those? You know, helping each other. Stack the deck with testimonies, your testimony, my testimony, with the word, with teachings, with sayings. We need that. Can you bring up the slide on the, uh, on the uh, three insights? Remembering the three insights, uh, recap there. You know, number three, fear sinks, right? Number two, obey the call. And number one, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the key. And just in case, just in case, uh, we needed one more. Go to Philippians 4. One more thing that Paul through the, the Holy Spirit through Paul gave us. Philippians four, four through nine. Right? And this this is just beautiful because it fits right in what I just said. Four four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. <clears throat> Finally, brother, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Fill your stack.
the things which you learned and received and heard, fill your stack, and saw, fill your stack. In me, these do, and God of peace will be with you. Right? So I'm inviting you to hear the nudge. Get out of the boat and to stack your deck. Okay? Stack your deck with remembering your testimonies, remembering my testimonies, and remembering other testimonies, along with what I said, the word, prayer, fellowship, that stuff, very important too. Okay? Let's stand a minute. Some of you will be hearing this week about getting on the boat. Some of you are actually sitting on the edge right now trying to figure out whether to go from seat to feet, right? Let's pray. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Lord, I just say give them your insight into their hearts, into your heart, Lord, and the strength to to positive frame, faith frame, um, the world around them, Lord, that you are with them, that uh, it is a faith world that they live in, that we live in, that uh, you have touched us in many, many ways, that, uh, that there are many stories that don't make sense in an experiential knowledge but absolutely makes sense in a testimony knowledge world, Lord Jesus. So give us your presence, your strength. Give them your love, Lord Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we thank Kevin for